Good morning, good day, or good evening. My name is Eli Rowe, and this is the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast. This is the last episode of September. Can you believe it? October is here, witches. I hope you're ready to fly. We are also in the Mercury retrograde home stretch. Thank the gods for that. I am ready to go direct. We still have like seven other planets in retrograde right now, but we don't need Mercury in there too. Just raising hell for no good reason. Um, so I wanted to quickly address last week's episode, which was a heavy one, I know. Um, but I've gotten a lot of messages from witches who were feeling it, though, and I appreciate the feedback. It's always hard to cover topics that I know from the outset aren't going to be super well-received. And I knew that mirror work was going to be one of those topics. It is tough work. But as a dear friend and a powerful witch reminded me, we aren't helping anyone by not talking about the hard work. So I am grateful to all of you for sticking it out with me. Um, And now really quickly, I do want to read an email that I just felt like probably a lot of us can relate to. Um, Hello, I really want to thank you for your podcast. I'm middle-aged myself, and it's refreshing to listen to a podcast that is more in line with where I am in life. I really look forward to each episode. I have an issue that I was hoping you could offer some advice. My daughter is such an amazing, sweet young woman, but she's been having trouble making friends. She never has had a large group of friends, but she had at least a few at any given time. She recently started going to a very small college, and she is having trouble connecting with anyone. As a mother, it's hard for me to watch because I know she is lonely, and at her age, it's so important to have a good support system. I have performed a candle spell for confidence and joy, but it wasn't exactly what I was looking for. Do you have any suggestions on something I can do to promote strong, healthy friendships for her? I hate seeing her so lonely and I just want her to be happy. Hope this isn't a super weird request and my apologies if so. Anyways, keep up the good work and thank you again for such a great podcast. Boy, it's hard to be a mom sometimes. No matter how old they get, we still worry. You know, I've got two daughters in college myself um, and I've also gone through those difficult middle school years with them and all of the mean girling and the bullying that can sometimes be an issue. But so the good news is here that this witch has already laid excellent groundwork. A spell for confidence and joy is going to really support helping her to connect with her kind of people. And all we have to do now is draw them in to her. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do some work that is actually very similar to a love spell, where the purpose is to call someone to us that has all the qualities that we would want in a good love match. You know, this is attraction magic, but we are going to adjust the purpose of this spell to call in people who have all the qualities that your daughter needs in good friendships. We want to draw in people who embody loyalty, kindness, people with similar interests, and people with similar life goals. And just let me reassure anyone who is concerned about the ethics of this kind of work. We are not asking too much here. There are going to be plenty of people who fit this bill. These people already exist and they would already be a great fit. We're just trying to find them. We're not trying to change anybody here. We're not trying to create anyone out of thin air. We're just calling people who are already out there so that they know where to go. 
So first we're going to take some time to write out exactly what kind of people that we want to call. We want people who are dependable, loyal, kind, people who enjoy the same niche hobbies that this witch's daughter enjoys, and so on. And then we're going to get two candles, one white candle and one yellow. They can both be white if that's what we've got on hand. And then in a small bowl, we're going to combine a pinch of each of the following herbs. We're going to get allspice for kindness, basil for honesty, uh, rosemary for loyalty, lemon zest for friendship, and then um, we can use either marjoram or ginger for unity. And then if there's anything else that comes to mind, go ahead and sprinkle those in there too and give it a little stir. And then we're going to carve the daughter's name onto a white candle. And we're going to carve the qualities that we wrote on our list onto that other candle. And then we're going to anoint both of these candles with some olive oil and we're going to sprinkle them liberally with those herbs, with that mixture that we made. We're going to rub them right into the wax. And then we are going to charge the hell out of these candles. And to do that, we're going to put our hands on either side of the candles. We are going to feel all of our energy, our love, our intent. It is going to come pouring out of our palms into these candles. And when you do this, you've got to hold your intent in mind. Really feel all of these emotions. Hold those qualities that we are seeking forefront in the mind. Whisper them out loud like a mantra, if that helps, for it to be a point of concentration. And then we're going to light these candles and let them burn safely down. Now work like this is best performed during the waxing moon. As the moon grows, we're calling things forward. We're drawing things to us. And as it happens, we are in the waxing moon phase and we will be right up until October 8th. So we've got about a week and a half uh, to get this work done during this moon phase. And if that isn't possible, of course, there's not going to be any penalties or anything. It's just nice to have the moon phase supporting this work. But even on its own, mother magic is so powerful. And I don't only mean literal mothers. Anytime we are performing work like this for someone that we love, we are embodying the mother archetype. So we could do this kind of work for a niece or a nephew, uh, for a friend, for ourselves. It doesn't matter. This kind of work is really strong. Whew. Okay. So today we are going to talk about reading tea leaves. And this form of divination is called tassiomancy. For those of us who like to be a little bit fancy, it is Libra season after all. Lean into it. But this is one of the oldest and most well-known forms of divination. Um, this crosses cultures and timelines. And this isn't only limited to tea leaves, although that's mostly what I'll be referring to in this episode. Tassiomancy just refers to reading signs and omens in the sediments of any drink. So this includes tea leaves, of course, but also coffee grounds or the dregs in a glass of wine, just whatever you're drinking. If you see patterns or pictures in the bottom of your cup, you're performing Tassiomancy. And we don't even know how long people have been divining messages this way. This has been going on since at least the 1400s, although to be fair, that's only when the men noticed and started writing about it. But Turkish concubines have been reading each other's coffee grounds for a good long time before anybody thought to write it down. 
But all we really need to know is that Tassia Mansi has a very long, very proud history. Baltic and Slavic people brought it to the West where Victorians, especially Victorian women, discovered a knack for it because it was so accessible. Everyone drank tea every day and everyone had teacups. So this didn't require expensive equipment and no extensive training. Learning to read tea leaves required nothing more than an open mind and a willing imagination. It took no time at all to begin teasing meanings from the shapes and images that they saw. And, you know, on the subject of divination, I do want to take a moment to say that there are a lot of different methods of divination, different disciplines, and you already know what I'm going to say. Every single form of divination that you can think of is, or at least has the potential to be, completely legit. We can receive messages from the universe in any form and from any source, as long as we are open to receive. We may get messages from a particular song that we hear on the radio or a sequence of numbers on a receipt for takeout. Um, We might see shapes in the fog on our bathroom mirror after we get out of the shower. The universe is constantly sending us messages. We just have to decide to start looking. The only thing I will say at the outset is that it's easier to read leaves in a proper teacup rather than a coffee mug. The shape of a teacup just holds the leaves better for reading because the sides of a teacup, they kind of flare out, whereas a mug's sides are just sort of straight up and down. So the leaves tend to just slide down into the bottom of a mug rather than stick to the sides. My own teacup that I like to use for reading was bought secondhand at a thrift shop. It is nothing special. I just liked the pattern, plus it came with a saucer and it was super cheap. It was less than $5. But that's part of the fun of Tassiomancy, you know, is finding the perfect teacup. I made a whole day of it. You know, we went downtown, hunted around in thrift shops. Eventually I found this cup that I really liked that I could see myself reading from. Um, There are special Tassiomancy teacups that you can buy. And, you know, they've got like different symbols and pictures painted in them. And I guess, I don't know, the idea is that if like your tea leaves collect on or near these certain symbols, that there's a message related to that symbol. Um, There are other cups that have like the zodiac symbols painted in them and they're really cool, but we don't need them to be an effective reader. Okay, so what do we need? Well, as we said, we need a cup, we need a saucer, and we need some loose leaf tea. Loose leaf tea is much easier to read than tea from tea bags because tea bags tend to be filled with tea that's been chopped up a lot more finely. However, as we know, witches use what they got. So if all you have is tea bags, we can make that work. To be honest, coffee grounds are a lot more fine than tea leaves too, and they work just fine. So whatever you've got, just put a good scoop of tea into your cup or cut up in your tea bag and then pour your water over the leaves, give it a little stir, and steep it for a few minutes. If you're using black tea, you know, or like Lipton or Earl Grey, steep it for a good three to five minutes. Um, Only one or two minutes for green tea, uh, or else it gets really bitter. Um, But then for herbal teas, you can steep it for like five minutes, at least, even more. And then just drink your tea, just sip it. And while you're sipping your tea, think about any issues or situations or relationships or just whatever you're hoping to see in your teacup 
it is best to drink your tea neat for readings, so no milk or sugar. Um, and don't drink all of it. You're going to want to leave some liquid at the bottom of your cup. I just tend to drink it until I start getting tea leaves that stick to my lips, and then I'm done. And the reason that you need a little tea left at the bottom of the cup is because when you're ready to read your leaves, you're going to swirl the cup clockwise three times, put the saucer upside down on top of the cup, and then flip it over. This gives your leaves a chance to do what they're going to do and go where they're going to go. So just, you know, let them do their thing for a moment. And then after that, turn your cup right side up and position the handle of your cup toward yourself, like in the six o'clock position, if you're looking down at your cup. And now we're ready to read. Now you do need to decide how you're going to interpret your timeline before you start reading your cup. And this is generally how I do it, especially if I'm reading for myself. So generally, the images toward the top of the cup, closer to the rim, are coming in the near future. And then images that we see on the bottom of the sides of the cup are more in the distant future. We can also, if we want to get fancy, we can divide the cup mentally sort of into 12 sections. So beginning at the handle, which is closest to us, that is going to represent the current month. And then moving clockwise around the cup will be each of the next 12 months. So we can do it that way too. And then if we're going to read for someone else, we might also want to divide the cup so that we can see the past and the future. And in this case, if we're looking down into our cup, the left half of the cup is going to be the past and then the right half is the future. And then for this method, you know, if on the left half of the cup, which is the past, those things that we see towards the rim, towards the top of the cup, that is the near past. And then down towards the bottom of the left side of the cup is like the distant past, their childhood. Likewise, on the right portion of the cup, the top is going to be the near future. And then down towards the bottom right is going to be the distant future. And this is why I only do this if I'm reading for other people. I already know what my past is. I don't need to see the tea leaves for that. And there are frankly all different kinds of ways that you can divide the cup and read it, but we're just going to keep it simple and talk about those three methods of reading. And you can read the cup differently each time you read, but you do need to decide how you're going to read it before you flip it over because we want our tea to know where to go. So there are obviously going to be shapes and symbols that we are looking for. And there are so many different lists that you can find online or you could buy a book uh, there are some interpretations that people generally assign to the various symbols, but of course you can always and should always consult your own intuition first. You're going to really look at the shapes that these leaves take and it might be an individual tea leaf or it might be several leaves that form up to create these shapes. It might also just be the leaves that leaves themselves or the negative space between the leaves. This sort of recognition just comes with a little time and a little practice. But we are going to cover some of the more common symbols and their more common interpretations here. So the first of these symbols that we frequently see is the acorn. And this is going to be a symbol of a slow-growing goal or pursuit. And then, of course, you know, the further down the side of the cup this symbol is, the further into the future it will be before we see the fruits of all those hard labors. Another common shape that we will see is an airplane. And this generally represents travel and also moving away. 
like moving away from home or where you're living now. Um, an anchor is another very common shape, and this generally denotes stability. So if you're doing a love reading, then this would represent a stable relationship. But if this is a job reading, then this would be like stable employment. And that's why it's also important to know what you're reading about before you begin this ritual. Um, if we see an arrow, we should note which way the arrow is pointing. If it's pointed up, well, this is a good sign. If it's pointing down, this is not such a good sign. If the arrow is pointed at another symbol in the cup, this is to emphasize whatever that symbol is. It means pay attention. Um, birds mean good news. This is an optimistic shape to see in your teacup. A broom commonly means a new home, or sometimes it can indicate clearing out the old to make room for the new. Um, a cat shape is an indicate of it's an indication of cattiness, like literally, you know, gossip, backbiting. Um, a circle or a ring in your cup represents completion. So something has come to an end or will come full circle. Now a cross, ooh, and this is where interpretation is really left to the individual, but a cross is usually a bad omen. And I'm talking about a cross, like the, the shape of an X. Now, if it's in the shape of a Christian cross, this can mean like struggle or sacrifice. Um, a dog, of course, is a very good omen. This is loyalty. This is a dear friend. Um, a door or a gate represents an opportunity. And you're going to look for other indications in the cup to determine whether this is a good opportunity or not, or whether this opportunity is coming sooner rather than later. If you see an eye in your leaves, this is a message to start watching. This is a message to be on the lookout. Um, a feather is to me a message from the guides or from the angels. Um, a gun, and you'd be surprised how often you'll see a gun in people's teacups. A gun means discord or anger or an argument or like a major blow up. A heart, uh, not surprisingly, represents love and romance. Um, a horseshoe or a clover is good luck. Um, a key, this might mean success or an opportunity that's opening up. And it can also indicate hidden knowledge, hidden wisdom. Um, a ladder always denotes upward mobility. This means advancement. Um, a lion, if you see a lion, this shape means leadership or authority. It can also indicate a literal Leo that's in your life, uh, just as a fish might represent an important Pisces, or a crab can represent a certain cancer, and so on. If you see the moon in your cup, you need to start paying attention to your intuition. Start listening to that little voice, because there's a secret for you to uncover. A mushroom, unlike an acorn, indicates very fast growth. Um, a palm tree is a message of success, or also it could mean a well-deserved vacation. Um, and then just a regular tree shape, this can represent a long life or someone who has lived a long life. It can also uh, represent your descendants, like your own personal family tree. Not your ancestors, but those um, who are contemporary with you or who are going to come after. A snake is tricky because this can either indicate sneakiness, you know, secrecy, or it can indicate transformation, sort of shedding the old to make ready for the new. And this is another one you're going to have to look at everything else in the cup to know for sure what the message is. 
Um, a spider is a message of good luck. This is talking about hard work that's paid off. Unless you're afraid of spiders, in which case it might represent your deepest fears coming to haunt you. It's up to you. A star is happiness and hope and renewal. It's very similar to the star in tarot, which comes after the tower. And that brings us to the tower. If you see the shape of a tower in your teacup, shit is about to hit the fan. Things are about to collapse in a very big way. An umbrella also portends trouble, but with the umbrella, you're going to be protected. You're going to come out of it okay. And then finally, the last thing on my list here is a wheel. And this is not something that we see often, but when we do see a wheel, it just means that our fortunes are turning. If things have been going really well for a while, they're about to change. If things have been kind of sucking for a while, then that's about to change. And this list is not comprehensive. Again, you can find plenty of lists online, but mostly you're just gonna look in your cup and you've gotta see what you see. And it is kind of hard to begin with. We really do have to get back in touch with that youthful, more imaginative state of mind. You know, when we were kids, we could see all kinds of pictures in the clouds and we have to try and allow ourselves to be more open to that kind of freestyle imagery. And there are some ways to boost our psychic awareness and tune in a little more easily. Um, maybe we want to burn some incense before we even put the kettle on to boil. Um, and frankincense, jasmine, rose, and sandalwood incense are all solid choices. We might put on some calming music. We can also keep an amethyst nearby or a clear quartz. We might want a rose quartz, especially for a love reading. Kyanite is a really good stone if we're trying to get to the truth of a particular matter. But even more than any of that is to just take a few minutes before you begin to get into the proper mindset. And this doesn't have to be some long drawn out process. This can just be the time it takes for the water to boil. Like the point, just like any other method of divination, is just to get to a calm, quiet state of mind and just focus on the task at hand. Reading tea leaves is so fun. It's fun to do for ourselves. It's really fun to read for other people. And this is the kind of thing that anyone can do. Even if we're in a position where we have to keep our craft on the down low, we can learn tassiomancy and we can use it just like we would use tarot or crystal gazing or casting runes. We can also use specific teas or tea blends that are going to assist with this work. Um, and some of the herbs in those incense blends that we just talked about are not surprisingly great in teas. Jasmine and rose tea is perfect for divination. Peppermint tea is a really good choice. So is dandelion root. Um, and finally, mugwort. Mugwort tea is not for the faint of heart, though. This is a tea that witches have been using for psychic visions since, like, time immemorial. Uh, you know what? Let me just put a little disclaimer here. Don't go boiling any old leaves and drinking it. Make sure that there are no, like, contraindications for any medications that you may be taking. Consult your doctor before you drink any mystery concoctions. Just don't put yourself in harm's way and don't sue me. And anyway, that's, that's really all there is to it. It's just not complicated. It's just a bit of trial and error and practice makes perfect. And next week, we're going to talk about poppets and doll magic. This is some really cool witchcraft, so I hope you'll be there. In the meantime, you can find me on social media at, at middleagedwitch. You can write to me anytime at eli at middleagedwitch.com or join the discussion forums at middleagedwitch.com.
My name is Eli, and this has been the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast. The content of this podcast is not a substitute for direct, personal, professional, mental, or medical health care and diagnosis. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only.